Section six of Good Morning Boys and Girls by Reverend Thomas J. Hostey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The Smart Arabian Chief. Good morning, boys and girls. How many of you would like to hear a story about an Arabian chief? That's fine. I thought you would. I know what some of you are thinking right now, though. You're thinking, I'll bet father would have told the story anyway, even if I hadn't raised my hand. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. You're absolutely right. I was going to tell you the story, even if I had to make a Turkish sultan out of the Arabian chief, because this is the only story I have prepared for your sermon at this morning's mass. I feel a lot better now that I've made that confession, so let me begin the story. A few years ago, a wealthy American businessman was visiting a big-shot Arabian chief by the name of Ali Khant. The chief put on a wonderful dinner party for the American gentleman that lasted about five hours. But when Mr. Raleigh, that was the rich American's name, got ready to leave, he made a terrible discovery. His wallet was gone. You can imagine how he felt because all his money was in it. Naturally, he told Ali Khant about it right away. But the wise old chief told him not to get excited. Although the purse had probably been stolen by someone in his own palace, Ali Khant was sure he could get it back. But he didn't say how. That didn't stop Mr. Rowley from worrying, though. He kept wondering how in the world Ali Khant would ever find the thief, since there were about thirty servants in the house. Mr. Rowley didn't have very long to wait, however. The old chief quickly issued an order that every servant in the house was to go immediately to the courtyard. Then he himself went to his stable and picked out one of his prized donkeys. But before he left the stable, he did a rather queer thing. He rubbed grease all over the animal's tail. After finishing the job, he led the donkey out to the courtyard, where all the servants had been gathered. He lost no time in giving them a very short speech, in which he told how badly he felt that one of his guests had been robbed. He finished his talk with an order that each one of his servants should feel the tail of the donkey. At the same time, he warned them that the donkey would certainly kick the thief. Of course, Mr. Raleigh was wondering what would happen. If the chief's plan worked, the donkey would have to be a great deal smarter than any of Mr. Raleigh's friends back in the United States. One by one, the servants passed the donkey, with their backs to the chief. Finally, when the last servant had passed the donkey, no one had been kicked. In a way, Mr. Raleigh felt relieved. He would have hated to admit that the donkey was smarter than his friends. On the other hand, though he was very peeved with Ali Khant for the apparently silly way he had gone about trying to discover the thief, but the old man wasn't the least bit disturbed. He very calmly told all the servants to line up, in single file, and to hold their hands in front of them, with the palms upward. Then he slowly went down the line, closely examining each servant's hands, until he came to about the middle of the line. Suddenly he stopped and accused one of the men of the theft. Surely enough, the man broke down and admitted the robbery, and also told where he had hidden the purse. Of course, by this time, all of you first and second graders, and all of you junior G-men, had figured out exactly how the chief got his man. But for the benefit of the seventh and eighth graders, let me explain it very briefly. The old chief figured that whoever had stolen the wallet would only pretend to rub the donkey's tail for fear of being kicked, and then being exposed as a thief. 
What the poor fellow didn't realize was that the donkey's tail was greased. All Alicant had to do was go down the line and pick out the one who didn't have any grease on his hands, and that would be his man. You've got to give the old chief credit, don't you, for a pretty slick operation. I don't know about you, but I'm sure that I never would have thought of a stunt like that. But let me call your attention to one little point. The chief, smart as he was, had to resort to tricks to discover the thief. But that is not true of Almighty God. God never has to make use of any tricks to find out whether a person is a thief. He always knows. You can't fool God. You may be able to fool the man at the store, or the cashier at the show, or the driver on the bus, or the conductor on the streetcar, or the sister in school, or your mother and dad at home. But you can't deceive our Lord. You may be able to fool some of the people all the time, and all of the people some of the time, but you can't deceive our Lord at any time, no matter how smart you may think you are. The next time, or any time, you are tempted to steal, no matter how easy it may seem to you to get away with it. Remember the story of the Arabian chief, and remember, too, that God is smarter than all the Arabian chiefs in the world. End of section 6